welcome to Turning Point. People have long hoped for a world peace despite mankind's history of violence. But one day, the world will know true peace for a thousand years. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah unpacks what the Bible says about the millennium, when Christ reigns on earth for a thousand years of peace and prosperity. Here's David to introduce today's message, What on Earth is the Millennium? Friends, we're thankful to have you with us for the beginning of this new week. And if you have a copy of the Scripture, you want to find your place in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation, where the word 1,000 years, or the phrase 1,000 years, occurs over and over again. It's about that period of time in the future when Christ reigns for a 1,000 years. It's called the millennium, the word meaning a 1,000 years. So we're going to talk about that. What is its purpose? Why does this find its place into our prophetic calendar? And how should we respond knowing that it's coming? We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, you know, um, you have a lot of interest in what's going to happen in the future from your friends, as I do. Perhaps more for me because I'm a preacher, but people are talking about that a lot these days. And... Um, God's Word has plenty of information about what life will be like after we're in heaven. And we now have a book that will tell you what life will be like on this earth after the rapture takes place. This is an evangelistic outreach book called After the Rapture. And it is, I believe, the only book of its kind. I don't know of any other book that was been ever conceived like this, a book to give to people to help them understand if you miss the rapture, this is what the world will be like. Don't miss the rapture. This is an evangelistic tool, and um, the chapter titles include one on earth just happened, what's next, how bad will it get, who's the Antichrist, don't take a mark, and many others. Share this with unsafe friends and Share it with your own uh, family as you look at the future and know how blessed you are to have been a part of God's plan to take you home in the rapture. This is the book for the month of May. It's our resource, which means when you send a, a gift this month of any size, you can ask for a copy of this book after the rapture. Right now, we're going to talk about the millennium. What on earth is it? Revelation chapter 20 is our text, and we open our Bibles together right now. Almost everyone knows the lyrics to Isaac Watts' famous hymn, Joy to the World. But few people realize that it is really a miscast hymn. It's not a Christmas hymn, really, at all, even though it's in the top three of the favorite Christmas hymns of all time. Listen to the words and see if you understand what I mean. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Did we receive the king when Jesus was born at Bethlehem? Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow, far as the curse is found. Has that happened? Did it happen? He rules the world with truth and grace. I don't think so. Not yet. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Only during 
the millennium, which comes after the second advent of Christ, will the words of joy to the world really be fulfilled. Only during that time we'll be able to sing these words with real meaning in our heart. The millennium will be an earthly foretaste of the new heaven and the new earth. Now in your Bibles, there is a place to which you should turn, which is the central passage for this discussion, and it's the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 20 introduces the glorious reign of Christ on this earth, which is known as the millennium. It is a Latin word which is made up of two words. The words mille, which mean a thousand, and the word annum, which means years. Mille annum, a thousand years. So the word millennium means a thousand years. And the text of Revelation chapter 20 is the only place in the Bible where that actual word appears. And it appears in the text six different times. If you look down in your Bibles, you will notice in verse 2 it says, He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, for a millennium. Verse 3, And the nations no more were deceived for a thousand years, a millennium. Verse 4, And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, a millennium. Verse 5, And the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years was finished. There it is again. Verse 6, Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a millennium, a thousand years. Mille annum, a thousand years. Verse 7, Now when the thousand years had expired, Satan will be released from his prison. The millennium is a period of 1,000 years that is going to take place in the future, and it is a very important subject for us to discuss. Now, I need to tell you that there is no more subject in all of Bible prophecy that is more controversial than this one. There are, first of all, three perspectives on the millennium. Roman numeral one, three perspectives on the millennium. Church history has seen the rise of three competing views. Now, it may not seem important to you what a person might think about the thousand years, but it is very important because what a person thinks about that thousand-year period gives away their understanding as to how the Bible should be interpreted. And we're going to see that in a few moments. First of all, there are some people who refer to themselves as post-millennialists. Now, I'm not trying to get theological with you, but you need to understand these terms so you will see what I'm talking about. Post-millennialism. Let me tell you what that means. That means that a certain group of people believe that Jesus Christ will not come back to this earth until after the thousand years of kingdom living have happened. And here's how they interpret it. This was invented by a Unitarian minister by the name of Daniel Whitby in the mid-17th century. And it teaches that the church, we, the church, will bring about the millennium through the preaching of the gospel. According to his view, as more and more people across the globe are converted, the world will gradually be conquered for Christ. God's justice will prevail across the earth. And Jesus will at last return to a utopian world to take up the throne that was won him by his church. Now, I need to tell you, that view flourished until World War I. At the end of World War I, people began to doubt whether this had any credibility or not. 
Do you know World War I, the motto was, make the world safe for democracy? <laughs> Post-millennialism started to falter a little bit because it became apparent to everyone that the world wasn't getting better and better. Justice wasn't prevailing more and more. And when World War II came, the world war that was to end all world wars, post-millennialism primarily died. And it ceases to be a major player on the stage, though it has had a somewhat recent revival under some very strange circumstances. Post-millennialism, which says the world's going to get better and better and better until ultimately it's so good that it's a fit place for Jesus to come back to. Aren't you glad that isn't true? Because the signs aren't so good, are they? Jesus may never get back the way we're going if we believe that. And then there's another view, which is sometimes referred to as ah millennialism. Now, whenever you put the word ah in front of a word, it negates the value of the word. So ah millennialism means no millennium. And there are some people that take all the passages in the Bible that speak about the millennium, and they say, those are all symbolic. Instead, the church inherits the millennial blessings that were given to Israel. In other words, the events that are in Revelation chapter 20 are happening right now. The church is reigning with Christ over the earth. We are in the millennium, according to all millennialism. Oh my goodness, I hope not. Don't you hope not? If this is the millennium, what in the world do we have to look forward to? I hope the millennium is a whole lot better than what we have right now. And of course, anyone who really studies the scripture and takes it literally would understand immediately that the prophecies of peace and prosperity and purity and all of those things are not being fulfilled today. The exact opposite is being fulfilled. And the problem with amillennialism is the only way you can make it work is to spiritualize and symbolize all of the Old Testament scriptures. Once you start doing that and you get away from a literal interpretation of the Bible, then there is no control on anything and whatever you want the Bible to say, it will say. And then there is the third view, which is the view that I believe is the accurate one. And that is what we call premillennialism. Premillennialism is the oldest of the three views. And it believes and teaches that Jesus Christ will physically return to this earth he will defeat his enemies and there will be a battle that is fought at the end and he will then set up his kingdom on this earth and he will reign upon the earth for a thousand years. Now, I want to give you a little visual so you see how this works. Draw a straight line on your paper, all right? Just a straight line. Now start over here on, the, on my left-hand side of the line and put a little parenthesis. In the middle of the parentheses, just put the letters OT, Old Testament. That's where it begins. Next to the parentheses where you have OT, put a cross. Just put a picture of a cross. That's a reference to the life of Christ, to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Next to the cross, put another parentheses and write the word church in it. Just put the word church in it. Now you've got OT, the cross, and the church. After you get to the end of the church parentheses, I want you to put an arrow going straight up and one coming straight down, meeting in the middle. Because what happens at the end of the church age is we have the rapture. The dead in Christ are raised and Christ comes back and we all who are Christians go to heaven. After that, put another parentheses and write the word seven years in it. This is the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation, in that little parentheses, put another arrow, this one coming straight down. That's the second advent when Jesus comes back to take up his reign on the earth. 
then put a little bigger parenthesis and write the word a thousand years in it. That's the millennium. And after the millennium is the eternal state, or what we call heaven. Now, I don't have time to go over that again, so I hope you wrote that all down. <laughs> and you can get the notes and figure it all out. But I want you to know what we're talking about here. We're talking about a period of time after the tribulation when Jesus Christ comes back and he literally reigns on this earth. And all the promises of the Old Testament concerning the kingdom are fulfilled in that period of time. And the redeemed Jews live in their homeland. And the millennium ends with the final rebellion. And the old earth is replaced by a transformed new heaven and new earth. And this is the view that is found in all of the writings of the early church fathers. And which is more widely believed by evangelicals than any other view on the millennium. So we have three perspectives of the millennium. Now I want to give you four purposes for the millennium. Why do we have to have a millennium? Somebody says, what do we need this for? Just so we can have something to discuss in theology? No. It's very important that there be a period of time like this going forward. And I want to give you just a few reasons. And I'm going to go through some scripture. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go through these scriptures fast. So the first reason is to reward the people of God. There needs to be a millennial time to reward the people of God. There are scores of promises scattered throughout all of the Bible, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, guaranteeing God's people that they will receive rewards for faithful service. For instance, Isaiah 40.10 says, Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Matthew 25.34, The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Colossians 3.24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord. Revelation 22.12, and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I talked about the five crowns and how when we get to heaven we're going to be rewarded with crowns. But the crowns aren't really the only reward and perhaps not even the primary reward. The Bible teaches that when we serve the Lord here on this earth as Christians, we are going to be rewarded when we get to the kingdom with the opportunity to serve the Lord in a new and special way. Here we're reminded that part of our reward will be to reign and rule with Christ upon this earth. And each of us will have opportunities to serve the Lord based upon our faithfulness in serving him right now. Now watch how this works. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 says, that the coming of the Lord will happen when he comes with all of his saints. When Jesus comes back at the end of the tribulation period, just before this millennial time, we who were raptured at the beginning, we're going to come back with him. We're going to come back to this earth and we're going to reign upon this new earth that he's created with his righteousness. And Paul told the Corinthians that the saints are going to judge the world in 1 Corinthians 6.2. And in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4 that we read a few moments ago, we read, And they lived and they reigned with him for a thousand years. Who are they? The Christians, the saints who come back with him. Literally, men and women, there has to be a millennium so that we can live out our rewards during this thousand year period of time. In the parable of the talents, Jesus taught that our role as servants and rulers will be based upon our faithfulness. Matthew 25, 23, the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over what? Many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In the millennium, we will be ruling the earth with Jesus as our king. 
And we will be serving the Lord, not as a punishment, but as a reward. The idea of service as a reward is foreign to a lot of people who don't like their work, who only put up with their work until it's time to retire. We think that faithful service should be rewarded with a long vacation. But God offers us an opportunity very different from work. More responsibilities is his reward. Increased opportunities is his reward. Greater abilities and resources and wisdom and empowerment. We will have sharper minds, stronger bodies, clearer purpose and unabated joy. And we will serve the Lord for a thousand years on this earth as it is. Reigning and ruling with him. Can you imagine a reign of righteousness with all godly people in every single position having not had to be elected there but appointed there by King Jesus? Whoa, would that be something? Just imagine it. So in order for there to be a time for those rewards to be realized, there has to be a millennial period. That's when they're to be carried out. Number two, there must be a millennium to respond to the prophet's predictions. The prophets of the Old Testament predict such a time. The Old Testament scriptures are absolutely, totally ununderstandable if there is no such period as the kingdom. Because most of the prophecies of the Old Testament, in fact, Dwight Pentecost, who is a tremendous scholar of prophecy, said, there is more information about the millennium in the Bible than any other prophetic event in all of the scripture. We push it off to the side. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's sort of controversial, so we avoid it. But the Bible says in the Old Testament that such a time is coming. Now, I don't have time to give you the myriad of verses that talk about it, but I'm going to give you a bunch of them, just one right after the other, rapid fire, and you listen to what the Scripture says. Psalm 72, 11. All kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Isaiah 9, 7. Once again, often referred to as a Christmas verse, but only part of it is a Christmas verse. The other part is a kingdom verse. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the hosts of the Lord will perform this. Isaiah 60, 21. Also your people shall be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Zechariah 9, 10. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow will be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Luke 1, 32 and 33, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Without the kingdom, without the millennium, none of those could be fulfilled. Those prophecies all say there's coming a day when King Jesus is going to rule over this earth as it is now with his saints as co-regents with him. And it's going to be a rule of righteousness and peace that will last for 10 centuries for a millennium. Why does there need to be an earthly kingdom? Because Christ will come back and triumph on the very earth where he was seemingly defeated by his enemy. His rejection by the rulers of the world. Remember, he came unto his own and his own received him not. He will come back to the very earth where he was rejected. And this time there will be no rejection. And it will be when he comes again to rule this world in righteousness. He will at last pick up his inheritance. And he will be the king everyone had hoped he would come to be when he came the first time. 
you remember when Jesus came at Bethlehem and he started out and his disciples began to realize who he was in some fashion they wanted to know is the kingdom going to be now they weren't really interested in Christ being the ruler of the world they wanted to get the Romans off their back they wanted him to come and set up the kingdom but Jesus said not now but someday and it's in this period of time that that's going to happen so there needs to be a, a millennium to reward the people of God and to respond to the prophets predictions here's an interesting one that's just really simple and that's to receive the answer to the disciples prayer Do you remember the disciples prayer our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven has that ever happened has his kingdom ever come and his will been done on this earth as it is in heaven not yet but it's going to one day when Jesus returns his kingdom will come and his will will be done on this earth even it is now being done in heaven when the disciples prayed that the kingdom would come they were looking forward to this very time we're talking about called the millennium so the millennium is necessary to reward the people of God and to respond to the prophets predictions and to receive the answer to the disciples prayer and finally the kingdom is necessary and I want you to listen carefully because then I want you to lose this it is necessary to re-emphasize man's depravity and the necessity of Christ's death let me show you what I mean the Bible says that at the end of this 1,000 year period of time when Jesus is running the whole world and Satan if you remember he's bound for a thousand years Do you remember reading that in Revelation 20 Satan is bound for a thousand years he's incapacitated but if you read the text it says at the end of the millennium He's going to be released and there will be one final rebellion you say well where's the ungodliness going to come from well only godly people will go into the Millennium but guess what they're going to have kids how many of you know righteousness is not inherited how many of you know God doesn't have any grandchildren he only has children so the kids born to the righteous people in the millennial and some of them will become unrighteous and at the end of the millennial period in spite of all that has happened during the reign of Christ on this earth in spite of all the righteousness that has been legislated at the end of the millennial period there will be a final rebellion against God what does that say it says that our problem is not our environment <laughs> amen anybody ever tell you that the problem we have in our world is our environment if we could just educate everybody and get everybody straightened out and change the environment everybody would be better well I want to tell you something God put two people in a perfect garden and they rebelled and at the end of the world he's gonna run a world for a thousand years in peace and righteousness and at the end there'll be a rebellion there why because the heart of man is evil and it's not a problem of our environment it's a problem of our nature that we inherited from Adam when he sinned against Almighty God now there's a truth you won't hear on CNN. <laughs> you won't hear that uh, man is what, what he is because he inherited the evil nature from his uh, original parents. But that's the truth. The Bible says man is sinful, and until he deals with his sin, he has no hope. And you can put all of the beautiful flowers around him that you want, but it won't make a difference because the evil isn't in the environment, the evil is in his heart that's one of the things the millennium will prove beyond any shadow of a doubt and a few more things we'll learn about tomorrow i hope you'll join us then we're in the midst of this series 31 undeniable prophecies of the apocalypse it's based on a book called the book of signs a 460 page hardback book 
It's available from Turning Point, davidjeremiah.org. You can get that book, and there's three study guides that go with it. We're in the third session here. We're in the last month of our study, and uh, we have just a few lessons left, but the study guides for all three months are available, as well as CDs and DVDs. You can find out all about that at davidjeremiah.org. And then don't forget, friends, we're going to Alaska in July. If you have not already looked into this and and, uh, made a decision to come with us, I hope you'll take time to do that today. The date is July 16th through the 23rd, and uh, the information is available once again at davidjeremiah.org. Now, you plan to have a great day, and we'll see you next time right here on This Good Station. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, After the Rapture. An End Times Guide to Survival, which answers the question, what's next? It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in a variety of attractive cover options. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Signs, right here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Are you looking for a simple way to talk with unbelievers about the end times? This month, for a donation of any amount, you can receive Dr. David Jeremiah's newest book, After the Rapture, An End Times Guide to Survival. And for $40 or more, you can receive two copies of this book to share with unsaved friends. Or for a generous donation of $85 or more, you'll also receive an additional booklet and DVD to help you refresh your knowledge of the end times. Go to davidjeremiah.ca to get your copy today. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Lee Iacocca was once the leader of both the Ford and Chrysler car companies. Regarded as one of the best CEOs of all time, Iacocca once summarized business this way. He said, all business operations can be reduced to three words, people, product, and profits, and people come first. Well, the Christian church is not a business, but Iacocca's most important priority should be ours as well. 
next to God, people should certainly come first in the church. If people are not most important, we are failing to follow the example of Jesus himself. People followed and worshipped him because of how much he cared for them. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover how God loves people on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.